0: Welcome to the Get Fit Guy's quick and dirty tips to get moving and shape up. My name is Brock Armstrong and I am the Get Fit Guy. And today we're going to talk about a thing called heart rate variability. You know, researchers at Harvard University have actually gone as far as to say that measuring your heart rate variability is, and I quote, A visual insight into the most primitive part of your brain, which sounds great, but how can us fit folks use it to our advantage? Now, a few weeks ago, listener Megan wrote to me on Facebook and she said, Hey Brock, would you explain heart rate variability or HRV in layman's terms? I've heard a lot about it, but I don't quite understand the concept or its use. Well, I thought that was a great suggestion because HRV is a technique that has been growing in popularity and acceptance in the sport and fitness world. So here you go, Megan, HRV 101. Now, most athletes know that getting enough rest after exercise is essential to performance. But still, many of us overtrain or feel guilty or lazy when we take a day off. But relentless training can break even the strongest athletes, and rest is a necessity to allow your body to repair, rebuild, and strengthen. So given that it's difficult for many of us to know when to train hard and when to back off, let's look at a few different ways that we can measure our current state of recovery before we get into HRV. Now the first one I want to talk about is resting heart rate. You know, Some sports scientists have confirmed a link between fluctuations in your resting heart rate and overreaching or overtraining. But this link is not easily understood nor directly correlated, and many factors get in the way of it being 100% reliable for most of us. But still, measuring your resting heart rate first thing in the morning is a good place to start. Keep in mind that day-to-day variations in resting heart rate of approximately 5% are common and not warning signs. However, increases of greater than 5% are typically a sign of fatigue or overreaching from too much intensity. A decrease of greater than 5% is often observed in cases of too much exercise volume. Now, the next measurement I want to talk about is sleep quality. Having trouble getting to sleep at night or tossing and turning throughout the night and waking up much earlier or much later than usual can all be signs of inadequate recovery. Now sure, a restless night of sleep can simply mean you didn't eat enough after a workout or it's too hot in your bedroom or you have too much on your mind, but it can also mean that you have depleted the anabolic hormones that are important for muscle repair and recovery or that you have too much cortisol production. Now, like resting heart rate, this one can be hard to interpret and correlate directly. So let's look at another one. Appetite. If you are not getting hungry the way you normally would, it can be a sign that you are under-recovered and need a day or two of recovery. Your appetite typically decreases with under-recovery, higher training load, and extra fatigue, and this can create a vicious cycle. A cycle that results in consistent negative energy balance and subsequent amino acid, fatty acid, and hormone depletion, which is not good. Now the next measurement I want to look at is the amount of muscle soreness that you're feeling. You know, delayed onset muscle soreness, or DOMS, is a completely normal reaction to high training intensity, but it can increase your risk of injury if it's followed by insufficient rest and recovery. Persistent muscle soreness is one sign of overreaching and overtraining. While in some phases of your training you should expect some DOMS, it should not be a chronic condition. Which leads me to the next measurement, which is general energy levels. Now, we have all experienced those days when we just didn't want to train, but we ended up having a fantastic workout anyway. Then, we've also had those days where we didn't want to train, so we didn't, and felt much better for it. Now, the trick is to be able to distinguish low motivation from under-recovery and low motivation from non-physical factors, like laziness or being stressed after a tough day at work. A good way to gauge this is to simply start your workout, get through the warm-up, and then see how you feel. If you feel tired and you're dragging it after the warm-up, well, you're likely under-recovered and you need that day off. And my final non-HRV measurement is to measure your general mood. In the sports world, a thing called palms or profile of mood states first gained favor among sports psychologists in the late 1970s. Now, recent research confirms the link between recovery of the mind and recovery of the body, as well as the impact that your mental state can have on your recovery. Now, this explains why general apathy or feelings of depression or anxiety and even mood swings often indicate fatigue or impending illness or under-recovery and overtraining. These markers are also commonly associated with periods of underperformance at your chosen activity or your chosen sport. I'll put a link to the Profile of Mood States quiz in the show notes over at getfitguy.quickanddirtytips.com and look for episode 411. All right. Enough beating around the bush, it's time to talk about HRV, seeing as it is the current reigning champion in the realm of quantifying athletic recovery. HRV is simply a measure of the variation in time between each heartbeat. Now, this variation is controlled by a part of our nervous system called the autonomic nervous system, or ANS. And that works regardless of our desires, and it regulates things like our heart rate, our blood pressure, our breathing, and our digestion. Now, despite what you might think, a healthy heart does not tick along like a metronome. The oscillations and variations of a healthy heart are complex and non-linear. A healthy heart's beat-to-beat fluctuations are often described as mathematical chaos. The variability of what scientists call nonlinear systems is said to provide the flexibility that our biology needs to rapidly cope with uncertain and changing environments. So, while a healthy biological system exhibits complexity, an impaired biology can involve either a loss or an unhealthy increase in complexity. Now okay, in an oversimplified nutshell, let's say your heartbeat is 60 beats per minute, so once per second roughly. With a healthy HRV, each beat is separated by a wide range of milliseconds. With an unhealthy HRV, the beat to beat variability is drastically lower, and a 60 beat per minute heart rate would show as an almost unchanging beat every second. You can think of it like a stopwatch versus a jazz drummer. The reason for this is that the brain is constantly processing information in a region called the hypothalamus, and the hypothalamus, along with the autonomic nervous system, sends signals to the rest of the body to either stimulate or relax different bodily functions. It responds not only to a poor night of sleep or getting yelled at by your boss, but also to the exciting news that you're getting a raise or maybe to the yummy burrito that you're about to have for lunch. But if you have very regular stress, an unhealthy diet, poor sleep, dysfunctional relationships, Feelings of isolation or solitude, and a lack of exercise, well, this balance may be disrupted, and your fight or flight response can kick itself up a notch. Now, as we discussed earlier, the status of your nervous system is an important indicator of your body's training response. In fact, nervous system measurements can indicate your response to training, and heart rate variability is considered to be a view inside the nervous system. Now let's take a second to just talk about how our heart actually works. Now, the origin of your heartbeat is located in what is called a node in your heart. Now, if you are alive, and I hope you are, your SA node, or sinoatrial node, will generate a certain number of electrical impulses per minute, which directly impacts how many heartbeats you will feel per minute. Easy, right? So your SA node activity, your heart rate, and rhythm are largely under the control of your autonomic nervous system, which is split into two branches. You might have heard of them. They're the rest and digest, parasympathetic nervous system, and the fight or flight, sympathetic nervous system. Now, when you are well rested and you haven't been training excessively, your parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous system play together nicely and produce responses in your heart rate variability to things like respiration, temperature, blood pressure, stress, and a bunch of other stuff. And as a result, you tend to have a consistently high HRV value. Now, if you are not well-rested, the healthy beat-to-beat variation in your heartbeat begins to diminish, and a consistently low HRV value or HRV values that tend to jump around a lot from day to day may indicate an imbalance. Now let's break this down per athlete. Now in a strength or a speed athlete, or someone who's overdoing things from an intensity standpoint, we often see a more sympathetic nervous system overtraining, and a highly variable HRV, and by that I mean a heart rate variability number that bounces around from day to day. With endurance athletes, we generally see a more parasympathetic nervous system, overtraining, and a consistently low HRV value. And I'll leave it at that for now, but you can read more about that in a study called Decrease in Heart Rate Variability with Overtraining. And again, I'll link to that in the show notes at getfitguy.quickanddirtytips.com. All right, I hope you guys are all still with me on this HRV stuff so far, because we're about to dive deeper. HRV can get even more complex than simply assigning a high or a low score. Now, when you are using a robust HRV tracking tool, like the one from Sweetwater Health, that's one I've been using for the longest, you can also track your nervous system's LF, which is a low frequency, and HF, high frequency power levels. Now this is important to keep an eye on for a couple of reasons. Having higher power readings from LF and HF, well, that can represent a greater flexibility and a greater robustness in your nervous system. Now, Most sedentary people have numbers in the low 100s, while fit and active people are often around 900 or higher. The numbers usually grow as fitness and nervous system health improves. So tracking LF and HF together can truly illustrate the balance in your nervous system. Now generally, you want these two scores to be relatively similar. At times when they are not, well, it may indicate that the body is in a rested state with too much parasympathetic nervous system activity, or HF, or is in a stressed state with too much sympathetic nervous system activity, or a high LF. Now, you're probably wondering, what can we do about this? Well, it is commonly agreed on that as we age, our HRV scores decrease, but there are other factors that can increase or decrease HRV in both the short term and the long term. So let's look at things that decrease HRV in the short term first, and that can be things like stress, poor sleep, poor diet, alcohol consumption, illness, acute overtraining, and even some medications. Now, things that decrease your HRV over the long term can be things like chronic diseases or chronic inflammation, chronic stressors or burnout, chronic lack of sleep, lack of fitness, chronic overtraining, or an unhealthy home or even work environment. Now, as you can probably imagine, doing the opposite of that list or improving your sleep, improving your diet, avoiding alcohol, all that kind of stuff should result in an increase in your HRV. But how can we use this to affect our training and improve our fitness? Well, a new study called Training Prescription Guided by Heart Rate Variability in Cycling revealed some very promising results. Seventeen well-trained cyclists were recruited with an average age of 39 and riding experience of at least 13 years, and they had their cycling performance measured three times over the period of the study. Once at the beginning, once after four weeks of baseline training, and then once after eight weeks of guided training. Now after that, the group was split into an HRV-guided training program and a traditional or an intuitive training program for eight weeks. The major findings of this new study was that HRV-guided training led to significantly greater increases in peak power of 5%, power at ventilatory threshold of 14%, and power over the 40-minute time trial of 7% when they compared it to the traditional training group. Now, when looking at the participants' performance on the 40-minute time trial, it is clear that the HRV-guided training produced many of the best results while also avoiding the worst outcomes. So if you decide that you want to be like those cyclists and start tracking your own HRV and using it for training and general health, here are some quick and dirty tips. Number one, higher is not always better. If your score is always high, it can actually be a sign that you aren't pushing yourself hard enough. Remember that fitness is built through stress and rest, so sometimes seeing some lower scores is exactly what we're after. Just don't let them stay too low for too long. Now, Number two is consistency is key. Good measurement practice will increase the reliability of the test and produce better results for you. So make sure you take the measurement first thing after waking up, avoiding the effects of things like caffeine and food and external stresses, Use the same body position every day, so don't lay down one day and sit up the next day. And don't manipulate your breathing rate while you're taking the test, because inhaling increases your heart rate while holding your breath or exhaling can actually slow it down. And the number three tip is don't compare your number to others. Just like race times, run streaks, VO2 max, and anything else that people can brag about on social media, you may see people posting their HRV scores on there as well. Well, don't fall into this trap. Establish your own baseline and keep an eye on your own trend. This isn't a competition and no one gets a medal for having the highest HRV score. And tip number four is trend Trumps accuracy. Now, no matter which system you choose to measure your HRV with, and there are many, many apps out there to choose from, don't get hung up on the accuracy of those numbers. Just like having a home scale or an activity tracker or a step counter, the important part is whether or not your trend is moving in the desired direction. The actual accuracy of the value or the score is much less important in the grand scheme of things. And finally, tip number five is to interpret the values. Now, Every morning that you're training, I suggest that you take your HRV and then, based on your score and how it lines up against how you feel, your anticipated recovery state, or where you are in your training block, and see whether your HRV score matches what you expected it to be or you wanted it to be. If it doesn't line up, like if you're in a recovery period but your HRV is still lower than usual, well, you can adjust your workout for that day. If it lines up well, on the other hand, with what you expected to see, well, carry on as usual with your training. Now to finish up, you might be wondering, should you monitor your HRV? Well, HRV is an interesting and non-invasive way to peek at potential nervous system imbalances. If an athlete is in more of a fight-or-flight mode, the variation between subsequent heartbeats is low. If that same athlete is in a relaxed state, the variation between beats is high. In other words, the healthier your nervous system, the faster you are able to switch gears, which contributes to more mental flexibility and overall physical resilience. Even if you aren't worried about your training or recovery, research has shown a relationship between low HRV and states like depression or anxiety. A low HRV has even been associated with an increased risk of death and cardiovascular disease. People who have a high HRV may have greater cardiovascular fitness and show more resilience to stress. Even more interesting, HRV may provide personal feedback about your lifestyle and help to motivate those folks who are considering taking steps towards a healthier and fitter life. So, if you do decide to track your own HRV, watch how your HRV changes as you do things like becoming more mindful, experimenting with meditation, increasing your sleep duration or sleep quality, and especially increasing physical activity in your life. This can be a really nice way to track how your nervous system is reacting, not only to your athletic training, but also to your emotions, your thoughts, and your feelings. Now for more heartfelt info, variability tips, and to join in the beat-to-beat conversation, you can find me at facebook.com slash getfitguy or twitter.com slash getfitguy or my own website brockarmstrong.com. Now, my name is Brock Armstrong, and I am the Get Fit Guy, asking you, what are you waiting for? Go measure those beats. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter. Where every day feels like Saturday, and french fries are a food group. Where flip-flops are always in fashion, and seafood is always in season. Where the boardwalk is bustling, And the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at OCOcean.com. Human
1: nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh-generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula.